exercise. Is it really that good for you or can I just skip it and walk away? We've all been there and this is the hot topic we are covering today on Healthy Harmony. Welcome to Healthy Harmony, where we help you clarify and discuss health tactics to harmonize your life. I am your host and health coach, Jennifer Pickett, and today my guest is Dave McGarry. Dave is a health and fitness coach. He has been helping transform the lives of others for over two decades now. We call him Coach Dave. He is one of my absolute favorite coaches. I'm so excited he has joined us today. He is also the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Fit Over 40 Challenge. But he will quickly tell you, outside of being a coach, his most important roles are being a husband to his wife, Kara, and uh, the father to his two girls. His mission in life is to impact and transform the lives of as many people as he can. So I am really excited to have Coach Dave on the podcast today. Welcome, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you, Jennifer, for that amazing introduction. Um, I'm just super excited to be here. And uh, I know you've talked about uh, getting your podcast going. I'm glad uh, I get to be one of the guests. Yes, I'm excited you're here. So you, this has been your world for a long time. You've been in fitness for a while now. What made you go into uh, this field in the first place? You know, I think it started as a kid. Um, I grew up playing sports, football and baseball were the two sports that I played. But I, I really feel that that kind of molded me, made me who I am today, the character. But um, as a kid growing up, my um, my father wasn't always in the best shape. Uh, and he struggled with, you know, type 2 diabetes. He was a previous smoker. And I saw as the years went on that, you know, he didn't exercise. He had back issues. And, and it it basically led to his demise of dying of a heart attack at, at the age of 67. And okay. I think that, you know, overall, when you look at what I feel sports had done for me and, you know, now into my mid forties, I'm still able and, and, you know, able to still work out and do things and still live in a quality life. Uh, I think that's kind of what led me into wanting to help others as well. Cause, um, you know, I, I saw what happened with my dad. And if you ever seen anybody who has type two diabetes, what can happen uh, when they, you know, start to, you know, lose, he, unfortunately, he never lost his limbs, but, you know, swelling and eyesight mm. and had several, you know, strokes and, and a heart attack and, and obviously a fatal heart attack that killed him. So, you know, those are the things I think that really, when I look back at it is what kind of pushed me into what I'm doing today. So just those scares and seeing what your dad went through really um, served as a catalyst to kind of to push you to go into this industry. Was it um, was it fear that um, that that kind of made you take control of your own health? Well, I, I th- actually I think it's a little bit of both. But at the same time, I had an opportunity to do an internship with Dr. Cooper, and if you're familiar with him, he's the oh, father of American aerobics. And I saw the opposite side to what health could do in the sense that. If you live a healthy life, um, and you, you can live a quality life, and that's really what he preaches. So, yes, uh, fear is, is part of it, but at the same time, um, getting back to it, uh, uh, the quality and health is kind of the other side of it. That there's an other side, and that was the side that I wanted to choose, and that's the side I wanted to kind of promote. Uh, I think what was the you you were saying in terms of like my own health? Is that what you were? 
Yeah, I, I love how I love how you really spoke about um, the opportunity with uh, with Dr. Cooper and just seeing these opposites in your life, getting to work with him and seeing what that looks like as people protect their health and um, and uh, and have that quality of life. And then the opposite extreme, seeing your dad suffering and him being taken from your life so soon. Um, I think that's a very visual picture to me is those those two extremes. Um, yeah, I was asking you just about that fear of what you could be faced with if you didn't take control of your health. Did you deal did you deal with any kind of fear or anxiety um, with that? Um, not getting not not bringing me into the the field itself. Um, my original thought was I was going to train athletes, but when I started to work with individuals and seeing you know, just a transformation, for instance, had a client who he had just been out of law school, maybe two or three years, but gained, you know, 50, 60 pounds and his confidence was shot. And we started working together and he lost all that weight and more. And he actually ended up now, I don't know if he ended up marrying uh, this girl, but he had the confidence to ask her out and go on a date. And it just kind of like something clicked right there was like, wow, you know, I mean, it was so much more than just the weight loss. It was, it was the self-confidence and to have somebody totally transform their life, not just from a physical standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint, which is what really still kind of led me to want to work and help others. So really the fear never, I mean, to today being in my forties and, and having two kids and a wife, I mean, and having some hereditary um, things like, you know, higher blood pressure and, you know, those things do concern me, but, um, that wasn't fear really was never, I think the motivating and driving factor for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how you described that, uh, that client that you had. So, um, you know, critics looking at this would take a look at this and, and, and what you said and say, Hey, okay, just because someone's overweight doesn't mean that they're struggling with, um, a lower self-confidence. They're not struggling with depression. Like these things don't really go together. Um, uh, but I'm curious, what would you say to that person who says, hey, physical health, mentally emotional health, like that doesn't really go together. It's separate. What would you say to that person? Well, I would strongly disagree with them. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't be uh, happy. You know, you can, that's, you can be overweight and still be happy, but at the same time, you're not going to be able to perform at a high level. If you're a business owner and you're overweight, you're not going to have the energy that somebody who is taking the time to, you know, make sure that their physical condition is in top shape because they won't tire out and stuff like that. Uh, if you look at, and, and again, I study athletes. I look at Tom Brady, who's in his forties performing at a high level in the national football league. If you look at his regimen and look what he does, he takes care of his body. And by doing that, it allows him to, to continue his profession at a high level. And, you know, just another example, I have a client that I just worked with last year that she she started her business again because she lost and transformed herself in terms of her physical being. She felt confident again, you know? So yeah, I'm I not, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, so I, I honestly, I mean, I can't say that you're not happy, but there's in the long term, there's just factors that can contribute to you eventually not having the same quality life that somebody who is you know, fit and, and active and engaged will have over you. Yeah, I would, I would certainly agree with you. And I think 
the more and more research that comes out, the more that we really study this, we're seeing this absolutely crucial mind-body connection that everything truly does work together. So one aspect of our health, like our physical health, truly has an impact across the board, across all areas of life. So I love hearing your your passion around that subject. So the fitness industry is such a big, huge industry. Uh, I, I find that it can be a little bit intimidating sometimes. You know, you've got, you reference working with athletes, but then you also reference just working with those average clients who are just struggling to get that extra weight off. Um, so let's looking at the fitness industry, what's going wrong and what's going right? Yeah, I think that sometimes, um, you know, there's fitness trends that, that get hot and everybody jumps on board, but it's not necessarily what really people need to, to get started. Um, I think that we miss the whole mindset, the whole, um, assessment to really find out where the person is, not just physically, but mentally, you know, um, obviously getting moving is going to just help them. But like you said, they're, they're intimidated and we have to, you know, unfortunately marketing does present that image that, you know, only fit people work out. Well, that's not necessarily true. So we got to kind of it's one of those things that balancing act did not necessarily market just to the fit people, but really cater and figure out how to market into um, those that have never worked out before. And yeah, um, yeah. I think that that's where um, things are going, you know, not as good as they, it's always been a struggle, I think with the fitness industry, um, as far as going right, the technology um, we're able to do things now that we weren't able to do 20 years ago. We understand uh, better in terms of, you know, program design, um, tracking with data, seeing the numbers in terms of, you know, if you're doing this, it will lead to this, meaning like, you know, if they're looking at cholesterol numbers and stuff like that. So I think there's a, a really scientific approach now. Um, you know, it's still in its early infancy when you look at other industries, um, you know, when Dr. Cooper first came on the scene back in the 70s, people thought he was crazy to open up a practice just focusing on healthy people. So they really did. You know, I mean, you're looking, that's only 40 years, 45 years, maybe, you know, somewhere around in there. So we're still learning. And with technology, you're starting to see that they're able to use that to really um, uh, benefit those uh, people that are looking to get started as well. So they can, they can show the data and they can show, say, Hey, look, you start this program. Here's what's going to happen to you if you continue to do what you're supposed to do. So I think that that's, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So I think that that's what they're doing. Right. Um, but you know, it's still an evolving industry and, um, you know, we're seeing, um, some, uh, companies really get on board with, uh, doing the right thing. And some still live back in the eighties and early nineties. Yes. Yes. Um, I do. I think it can be very intimidating to someone who has not been exercising. They're not the extreme. They're they're not extremely fit. In fact, they're struggling in a lot of different areas. Uh, they look at some of these gyms. They look at some of these programs, and they're like, "That's just for fit people. Those folks are already fit." And um, they're dealing with some guilt and there and some shame, and they're not even wanting to give it a try because these a lot of these places do have that appearance of you can only come in these doors if you've got it all together, if you are already fit. 
So I'm, I'm really glad to hear how uh, there is a trend towards really reaching out to folks who are struggling and they're just trying to get started. Um, what would you recommend to somebody? What would you recommend to somebody that is, um, uh, that is struggling with their health? They have weight that they need to lose. They have not been exercising in a while. They know they need to, but they are, they're literally scared to get started. Um, what would you recommend to that person? Well, I, I think it has to go back to mindset first. Um, one of the things that I do with a lot of people I start with is, is we talk about why. And when you really can get your why and your purpose down, and I'm talking about really digging deep, I call it the five why question. Um, and I know, you know, we're pressed uh, for time here, so I don't want to get too in deep into this. But I, if they say I want to lose weight, well, I ask them, why do you want to lose weight? And we just keep going and we ask it and we get down to the fifth time and, and you really get down to the point where they're like, you know, it's. I want my spouse to, or my significant other to, to really look at me the same way they did before, you know, and when you get that deeper sense of purpose, then you can start to introduce, you know, an exercise program and say, okay, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start just walking, you know, and every time you start thinking about quitting, go back to your why, have that why statement in front of you. And that's going to be a big driver. And, and that's just kind of my approach. I don't know if there's any scientific data behind it, but, um, I just feel like when you get their mind right, when you get, when they're to the point where they know that if, you know, changing is the only option, then that's when sometimes you'll see them take that action or do it. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more. I think it all starts with why we, we keep hearing that, but, but clearly uh, getting to the bottom of what is driving them and um, how would things be different if they made some healthy changes it really does all start with why. I know I've certainly seen that on my health journey as I've stumbled um, and uh, and trying to get back on track. I know I, it, it all goes back to, okay, why did I start this in the first place? What's driving me here? So it's all about getting getting back up and starting again. I always love to hear you talk about mindset and motivation because Coach Dave, that's one of my favorite things about you. Uh, but you, you, you have, you always have fantastic uh, motivational sayings. So, for those who may not know, I didn't say this at the beginning. Uh, coach Dave is a head coach at uh, an Orange Theory that I that I attend, and um, I love this coach from the very beginning. Now, sometimes I'll tell him he's my favorite. Other times, I will uh, mumble some probably ugly things behind your back, Dave. So I just want to apologize uh, publicly for that. Um, but you are one of my favorite motivators. And uh, I want you to dig a little bit further into that. Does motivation make that big of a difference? So outside of starting with your why, what else does does motivation make a difference? Yeah, first of all, I just want to go back to the fact that you're saying bad words or things under your breath. That's a good day at the office for me. So, <laughs> so those are good things when that happens. But no, um, I'll go back to, I'll go to a quote that um, I heard a long time ago that I just uh, really resonates with me. And it's uh, by Zig Ziglar. And he says, uh, motiv motivation is like bathing. You need it daily. Um, and I, I just think that there's so many things out there in the world that can detract you, um, so many negative things. And the more that you're in, around negative, the, the less 
positive, uh, you, you are, um, you know, it's just kind of, that's that whole attraction thing. And there's just, like I said, so much negativity out there that you, there people need that positivity in there. And for me, it was always something I was always just drawn to motivational quotes, sayings. I, I, I love hearing other people speak. I love hearing about their journeys. And the thing is, is that, you know, you had mentioned about even a little bit about your journey, how it gets challenging. And sometimes it's just that trigger. It could be something, you know, said and, and it being a motivational quote or, or just being, you know, a trigger um, word or something that just snaps you and gets you right back into the mindset of, hey, I can do this. I know I can do this. And then the other part of it is, is here's why I want to do it. Like, you know, we're, we're going to come back to this why thing a lot uh, in this mindset because nothing moves without the, without the mind. Your body does not move unless your mind tells it to. And so if your thoughts are negative and you're behaving, you know, and, and constantly feeding it negative thoughts, well, why are you going to want to move? Why are you going to want to do anything? If, if life is horrible and life's not going to get any better, of course, might as well just sit on the couch, just be miserable. But if things can be different and you can control those thoughts in your head, then you'll start to see a change. And I honestly believe that it, it comes down to the person in every situation. I think that it's, there's no, you're not born this way. Everybody has the opportunity to think differently at any moment. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. And I think we're, we are very, very clearly seeing that you cannot have a positive body with a negative mind, positive thoughts, positive body, negative thoughts, negative body that there's just, again, that powerful mind body connection. It all works together. God created it that way. I found it interesting um, a while back when I heard uh, one of my favorite, uh, more holistic physicians, uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, talking about the importance of being around positive people um, and how important that is for your brain health to be around positive people. Um, and so I think we're, uh, we're learning more and more about this area. So tell me uh, on your own personal health journey, what is it that motivates you the most? Yeah, I think it goes back to my why now. Um, obviously, um, when I was younger, uh, I, I worked out because I really, and I still really do love it, but now it, it comes down to wanting to live that quality life. Um, you know, if I am so fortunate to live till I'm 90 or 95 or whenever, you know, the good Lord takes me, I want to make sure that I'm living a quality life. Um, Again, it, quantity doesn't matter to me. I mean, if I'm 80 and in a wheelchair and on, on dialysis and oxygen and I can't spend time with my family and friends and, you know, I, to me, that's just not what I want out of life. And so when it comes down to motivation, you know, and I'll, I'll even plug my mom here a couple of years ago, she was in her mid seventies. Uh, we went to Disney with the kids and we went from eight until midnight and she was right there with us, you know, the whole time, you know, and, you know, I think, I think we needed more breaks than she did. Um, you know, and, and, and part of that goes back to, you know, her living a healthy lifestyle, her, you know, constantly exercising. And, and, and again, she's now still 79. She's living a quality life. She's, 
doing things that most 79-year-olds don't do. And so that's what really gets down to motivating me. And obviously my family, my kids, you know, I mean, um, again, you never know what circumstances are going to happen. I, I, I know that, you know, my time is, you know, determined on him, but, um, uh, if I can control what I can control, then that's what I'm going to do. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Has there been anything on your personal health journey? That's just been a big struggle an obstacle that you just keep running into. Well, I think, uh, you might've alluded a little bit to it too. You just get busy. I mean, when you have two kids and a family and they're in competitive sports, then you're working, uh, full time. And at the same time, you're, you're, you're growing your own business. I think it comes down to, you know, time and what sacrifices. And I know we were going to talk about this and, um, sometimes exercise is the, is the one that we decide, Oh, well, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow. Um, and so sometimes throughout the journey, because I do think it is a journey and we, it's never, it's not a straight line from A to B. You're not going to go up the the mountain. You're going to go down and up and, you know, there's just times in life and seasons in life that are better than others. Um, and sometimes, you know, you're more motivated. And again, you know, that's why, um, I've changed kind of my thought process. I used to set goals at the beginning of the year and then set them towards the end of the year, but I don't do that anymore. I chunk it into 12 weeks so that every 12 weeks I'm going back and I'm reevaluating and saying, Oh man, you said you were going to do this. You're not doing it. So I, I try, I've, I've been fantastic. trying that. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's kind of something I've changed in the last couple of years to, to keep me going because I used to just set yearly goals. Um, and that's been something that I've, that I've changed up, uh, fairly within the last couple of years. So how would you answer the person that is questioning even having the time to exercise and they certainly don't have the time to attend an hour long gym class? What suggestions would you make to them to do something for movement? Yeah, um, and this is, you know, something that I've always uh, dealt with, with with people that I've worked with. First of all, I ask them to write down everything they do. Uh, I have them put in seven hours of sleep, which most people don't get. Um, and there's at least 30 minutes. And I guarantee I can find an hour. I could probably find two hours in there and maybe more that they can just get out and walk. Um, you know, if you have to get up 30 minutes earlier, then you get up 30 minutes earlier and you go out for a walk. You get your body moving. So you don't even need to do 30 Mm -hmm. minutes. You could do 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. I mean, just to get started, you know? Just something, right? Just something. Time time is an excuse and it's a poor excuse because, again, I'm I'm saying from someone who works 40 hours starting a business and have kids that I still have time if I make it a priority. I still have an hour, an hour and a half to work out. It is. It's it's definitely making it a priority. Um, uh, so let me ask you a question. Let's talk about exercise and food intake. Okay. I see a lot of folks who are, you know what, I'm fit. I exercise all the time. I'm in the gym every day. I mean, they're killing it in the gym. But when it comes to nutrition, they're like, hey, I'm, I exercise so I can eat whatever I want. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I know some people at, at, at an early age probably can do that. Um, but as you get older, that that uh, that obviously changes. But that's just a, the wrong uh, way to approach it. Because, again, if you look at performance and if you look at the way that um, 
and again, I go back to athletes just because I, that's who I study because they are high performers and I study high performers. They put the proper nutrition in their body to allow them to function better. So why go and work out and then go eat crap and ruin everything you did? And and again, it does it doesn't give you a pass just because you know even if you burned six hundred calories, probably going out and eating you know some horrible lunch or dinner, you're putting on twelve hundred. You're putting in twelve hundred calories in that meal. So there's a that you know uh, what comes in goes out isn't isn't correlating. So it's not a free pass. I know some people do look at it that, you know, Hey, and and then to be honest with you, what happens, and this is what I see a lot is we'll get people that will, like you said, be crushing it in the gym. And then they'll come up and say, you know, I, I can't seem to lose any more weight. I can't, uh, I'm working out every day. And sometimes that's not even a good thing to do by the way. Um, but the, the next question is, is, you know, what's your nutrition like? Uh, well, yeah. 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 It's not very good. <laughs> and, and, you know, so you, you're like a, I, I used to uh, talk about the analogy of like a, a couple cylinders going like, so if one cylinder's firing, but the other cylinders, the nutrition, it's not fine. I mean, you're not going to have a motor that's going, you know, at, at a high performance. So you have to have all parts of that and, and stress management and all that other stuff, sleep. Those are all things that go into it too, that people don't take into account. Oh, thank you. Um, that is one of my, that's one of my hot topics that I address uh, every single day with my coaching clients. So tell me, um, how do you think sleep and poor stress management, lack of sleep and poor stress management affect us? Yeah, well, without getting too scientific, it just comes down to, you know, the, the hormone, I mean, cortisol and stuff like that in the body that, um, you know, you're going to ultimately start. Um, increasing that cortisol level, which is going to, you know, prevent you from losing weight. And the other thing is, is that when you're, when you're tired and you're stressed out, you know, it kind of goes back to that negative thought pattern and you're just like, well, I don't want to do anything. And so, it really does. Um, you know, s- stress is a, is, is a huge problem in our society and sleep, you know, not recovery. And, and, and obviously there's lots of studies on sleep showing how that affects weight loss and, you know, obviously the recovery time and, I mean, I used to do a stress management lecture as well. And, uh, you ask people, you know, how many people get seven hours or you ask, you know, seven hours of sleep, hardly anybody, you know, nobody really raises their hand for eight. You start going down six, get a little bit more, you get five, you're like, wow. And then you get like four, you're like, holy cow, you know, and you know, it's just amazing how sleep deprived we are. And, uh, that really does play a big factor, uh, in, in your, you know, your overall health in general, not just your weight loss. It really does. I'm so glad you touched on that. And I think we're just learning more and more about the human body and that sleep is our body's only chance to reset and restore and recover. And especially if someone is trying to lose weight, it's not going to happen if they're not sleeping. It's just not going to happen. So I think we're we're finding uh, just how important sleep is and how important stress management is. So what I love, Dave, is that we have covered so all, all of these hot topics when it comes to exercise and how we can fit that in and how important that is in quality of life. And as we unpacked the role that nutrition plays and stress management and sleep. So I think we've hit on uh, the hot topics. And I love how 
you really summed it up um, and uh, focused in on um, starting with your why. Why why do you want to take this health journey in the first place? And also um, the importance of mindset and utilizing your why as your motivation. So Dave, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate uh, you giving me the time today. I always love to hear your perspective and uh, your expertise. Um, So tell me, um, I want to make sure that my friends know where to find you. So uh, tell us where we can find out more about you and what you do. Yeah, um, I do have a website, fitover40challenge.com. They can go there. Um, I also have a free uh, uh, Facebook group, allaboutheathandfitness.com. I'm on there. And then uh, I'm just under David S. McGarry on Instagram. So those are kind of the three places I hang out. And, um, you know, uh, I appreciate you having me on. I'm super excited for you. And uh, I know you're going to have great success with this. And I know your um, heart is into helping others. So this is awesome. And I appreciate you having me on today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so very much. Hey, guys, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite platform of choice. Uh, Like us on Facebook, on Instagram at Inspire Healthy Harmony. You can also join in the discussion. Let us know your thoughts about exercise. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it a necessary evil? Uh, Join in that discussion on our Facebook group and also check us out at InspireHealthyHarmony.com. Until next time, I hope you have a fantastic day. Bye, y'all.